0: I did it my way. I think Elvis uh, is a good example of someone who can have a heart for God, but yet still try to do it his own way. The song was originally written by Frank Sinatra and then altered by someone else and picked up by many artists all around. We've heard different ones sing it. And you could hear in those words that he's saying that he did it his way. He took the blows for doing it and he tried many things. And those of us who know Elvis know he did it his way and his life ended awful early because he tried it his way. So I want us to look at for a few weeks of I did it my way and you can probably remember with me as a kid that most of the time we go through a phase that we had to do it our way. Do you remember that as a child? It doesn't matter or it didn't matter what anyone told you, you were going to try to do it your own way. We had to learn it the hard way. I think I've shared this story with you one time before about me trying to do it my way. There were some speakers that I wanted down at a garage sale and my dad went down and bought them and he brought them back. There was two of them and I was so excited to get in and hook them up and turn the radio on so I went and I grabbed one and I brought it to the end of the truck and I set the other one on top and dad says, son, carry them one at a time. And he walked off. But I said, I'm going to do it my way. And I piled them both, one on top of the other, and picked them up. And halfway, the top one fell off and become about seven different pieces on the ground in front of me. It's funny how people who know better want to help, but yet we don't always want to listen. We want to to do it our way. And oftentimes we've said if they could just learn from our mistakes... You know, the Israelite people were the same way. They were oftentimes wanting to do things their own way. Even though they had a heart for God, they had a love for God, they always, we see in Scripture, wanted to turn and go do it their own way. If you have your Bibles with you today or on electronic device, whatever you got, if you'll open that to the book of Isaiah chapter thirty. We're going to cover most of chapter 30 over the next few weeks, but I want us to begin today looking at not God's way. See, we did it our way, but Isaiah chapter 30, verse 1, if you would please stand once you've turned there. Woe to the rebellious children, declares the Lord, who executes a plan but not mine, And makes an alliance, but not of my spirit, in order to add sin to sin, who proceeded down to Egypt without consulting me, to take refuge in the safety of Pharaoh, and to seek shelter in the shadow of Egypt. Therefore, the safety of Pharaoh will be your shame, and the shelter of the shadow of Egypt your humiliation." For their princes are at zone, and their ambassadors arrive at Haines. Everyone will be ashamed because of a people who cannot profit them, who are not for help or profit, but for shame and also for reproach. Father God, I just ask you now. Lord, would you open our hearts? Father, would you soften them that we can understand what Holy Spirit's saying. Lord God, would you open our ears to Holy Spirit, open our eyes to wonderful things that's in your word. Father, may you teach us today. Lord, may you just fill me now with a special anointing of Holy Spirit that, Father, I may be able to proclaim your message for those that are here today. And, Lord God, I just pray everything in the precious most holy name of your son Jesus. Amen. And you may be seated. When we think about and we look at the Israelite nation, we understand that God chose them and that God had a very special plan for them. They went through some difficult times. They went into slavery in Egypt, but God stepped in and at that point he declared them his. He heard their cries. He brought this little nation out and he provided for them as they went through the wilderness because he had a plan for them to take them to the promised land. A plan to bless them. A plan to protect them. A plan to provide for them. When we look at God, we see that all throughout history that God has a plan. When we look at the very beginning of our Bible, we see the beginning of time and we see creation. And God had a plan and he put a man and a woman in a garden and told them to be fruitful and multiply. And he said, you can eat of everything, I bless you with everything but one tree. But yet man wanted to do it their own way. And they went and they ate. But you see that was so that we would understand God's love. And understand his plan. Because at that moment he began telling us what his plan is. God come into the garden. And he asked Adam where are you? Not because God didn't know. He wanted him to admit. But God killed an animal because he knew that in his plan... It would take blood to be a covering. He took that animal and killed that animal and took that clothing and God provided clothing for man and covered over man's nakedness. You see, man and woman didn't know what clothing was to start with. They ran around free in the garden naked and thought nothing of it. But today, evidence of our sin nature, if We hear about people running around naked. We begin to think some crazy things. Uh, Many people might end up in jail. You might think of Ray Stevens and the streak. Because of that sin nature. But God provided the plan. He provided a cover. You see, it's just like us today. Because God has a plan for us. And that plan is for good. And for blessing. But we choose to oftentimes go and do it our way. But we have to come in under what God provided on the cross. The bloodshed. And we get covered in that. And by that we become holy. And we become righteous. You see it's really God's way and not ours. But oftentimes we try to do it our way. Let's look back there at verse 1 of Isaiah 30. It says, Woe to the rebellious children, declares the Lord, who executed a plan, but not mine, and makes an alliance, but not of my spirit, in order to add sin to sin. Here we get a glimpse at how the Israelites went at it their way. So in your outline, the first thing you see is doing things my way. Unfortunately, I believe if I was honest and if you were, oftentimes we like to do things our own way. We don't understand that God has a plan, that God sees the overall picture But no, we take our little minds and we want to do it our way. And the Israelite nation was no different. They had been in captivity in Egypt. They had come out. Some time has passed now. And they have built up into a great nation. But the Assyrians are getting ready to attack the Israelites. And they become scared. Maybe they have forgotten what God has done in the past, what he's brought them out of, what he's brought them through. But no, they want to go and do something their own way. We see there, he says, woe to the rebellious children. God is expressing an unusual dissatisfaction for his people because they're wanting to go, as we're going to see in a minute, to Egypt to get an alliance with Egypt to help in this battle of the Syrians coming. But that doesn't make sense because they've already been brought out of Egypt. God is their protection but no they want to do it their way. They want to have an earthly way of trying to do something. God says it's not mine. In that verse it's not his plan. It's not his way for the Israelites to go to Egypt to get help. God wanted to provide their help. But you know, God doesn't overstep his boundaries. If we don't want him, he's not there. It's a plan that God had was to protect them so that he could receive the glory and the honor. But they're wanting to go to Egypt and he tells them that it's not of my spirit. It's not who he is. How often are we like that? How often do we want to do things my way? You see, when difficulty comes, how often do we want to turn to the world? We want to seek what the world has to offer. We want to seek the world and and go after what it has. You see, once we were confound to this world. But when Christ set us free, he became our protector, He became our provider. But we want to go back and we want to do it my way. We want to do it the world's way. In verse 2, let's look there at Isaiah 30 verse 2. It says, Who proceeded down to Egypt without consulting me to take refuge in the safety of Pharaoh and to seek shelter in the shadow of Egypt? Here we begin to understand what the Israelites were up to and here we begin to see what they're up to. They're seeking help, theirself, or in your outline for us, seeking help myself. They proceeded down to Egypt. They knew better. Captivity of Egypt, as I mentioned a while ago, they knew better. But let me just read to you real quick out of Deuteronomy seventeen. It says, moreover, he shall not multiply horses for himself, nor shall he cause the people to return to Egypt to multiply horses. Since the Lord has said to you, you shall never again return that way. God's already told them, do not go back to Egypt. Same thing God tells us today. I've saved you from this world. Don't return to this world to fill your needs. Let me fill them. If there's a longing in you, let me fill it. If you need protection, let me fill it. Don't go back to the world. I've pulled you from there. And you see, they went. But it tells us that they went without consulting him. It had been something totally different. If they would have consulted God and God told them to go. Which he wouldn't have because he's already told them not to go. But how often did we see the Israelite nation in the Old Testament going and just doing things their own way. God told them to go into one nation and to annihilate it. And they didn't and because of that to this very day we're still dealing with people that are left from that nation that God said for them to get rid of. They want to go at it their way. You see, for us, it's consulting God through prayer. But in their day, let me show you, they had three ways that they could consult God. One of those ways is past revelations from God. They could look in their scrolls. They could look in their history. And they could understand that God had revealed things to them. One of them, coming out of Deuteronomy, where he said, don't go. So, right there, he's already spoken to him. also. They could consult the priest. In their day, God had prophets and priests, and the priests were able to go and speak to God, and they would hear back. In Exodus, we hear it this way You shall put in the breastplate, the breastpiece of judgment, the urim and the thermim. And they shall be over Aaron's heart when he goes in before the Lord. And Aaron shall carry the judgment of the sons of Israel over his heart before the Lord continually. And then in 1 Samuel 28, when Saul inquired of the Lord, the Lord did not answer him, either by dreams or by Urim or by the prophets. There was this Urim and Thuram that they would use in seeking God and God would respond, but it wasn't a magic genie that they could just rub. We see here that even Saul, at times, it didn't answer. But they could if they were truly seeking God, God would answer. For us today, we have prayer. We have past revelation in most everyone's hand in here, or at least you have a copy at home with dust on it. But we all in this room have a copy of God's past revelation. He speaks to us very clearly. There's nothing that we can go through in life. This is just amazing. There's nothing we cannot go through in life that is not been covered in God's word. Now, it might not say the exact words, but the scenario, the situations are there. And we understand what God says. And we also, in their day, they would hear a prophetic word from God when the prophets would speak. God speaks to us today through the Holy Spirit. When we're seeking God, when we need direction. But no, you see, we like to do it our own way. Isaiah 30, let's look at these last few verses here. Therefore the safety of Pharaoh will not be your shame, and the shelter in the shadow of Egypt your humiliation, for their princes are at zone and their ambassadors arrive at Haines. Everyone will be ashamed because of a people who cannot profit them, who are not for help or profit, but for shame and also for reproach. In these verses, we find three ways that the Israelite nation will be shamed because they went at it their own way. And let's look at this here. We see the safety of Pharaoh. Your third part of the outline is finding my reward. You know, we all like a reward. And whatever we do, there's a reward. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. But the Israelite found their reward, and it was shame because they went. Without God, they did it their own way, not God's way. They went to Pharaoh for safety. Now what's the problem with that? They want Pharaoh and they want Egypt to provide their safety. But if we can look back when they were in bondage, what did Egypt do? What did Pharaoh do? He beat them. Wasn't providing safety. Can you imagine going back to the ones that were beating you and so much you wanted out that you cried out to the Lord and he delivered you and now God says I'm going to take care of you and you want to turn around. All the time we always see something about this Israelite nation has the draw back to Egypt. They hadn't been out in the wilderness very long when they said let us return to Egypt. They were hungry, let us return to Egypt. They were thirsty, let us return to Egypt. We need protection, let us return to Egypt. Why are they so stuck there? They're seeking after him and it tells us that they will find shame. It says, therefore the safety of Pharaoh will be your shame. But they also went looking there at verse 3 for shelter in the shadow of Egypt. I don't understand, they're looking for shelter For the ones that had enslaved them. If you had been captivated, taking captive, any of you, and put into a home and locked into a box and not allowed to ever leave and you were there for five years. Someone come and open the door and let you out. How soon would you want to run back and take shelter? I believe most of us would say I'd sit outside through a tornado before I'd go back there. But that's why it's going to be their humiliation. They were enslaved there. God brought them out. But they want to return. They want to do it their way. The comfortable way. And he also says that it's profitless. There at the end of verse 5. Who are not for help or profit, but for shame and also for reproach. Egypt's not going to do a thing for them. He won't help them. He won't protect them. They won't stand up for them. When they're in need, they're not going to be there. You see, that's not how our God is. Our God is there for us. And he's ready to speak out for us. You see, not God's way. So often in our lives, because of our sin nature, we each, I believe, at times, run back to our Egypt. You see, Egypt's where they were in captive. It's our world. It's our life before Christ. How often it is when struggles come, we want to run back to what's comfortable. How often the alcoholic gets saved and gets away from alcohol, and as soon as stress comes, they want to run back. See, that's how Satan works. Some get saved out of a life of slavery and sex and being traded, but oftentimes they want to run back. You see, it's not God's way. God's way was once and for all. He sent his son, his son, to die on the cross. You know, I heard it said this way, and I've often shared it similar to this. I've asked how many of you would be willing to give your life for your child. And many of you would say, I probably would. And I've used that as an analogy for God, but what I heard the other day, I think, is a little stronger. How many of you would give your child for someone that hates you? Would you sacrifice your child? That's what God did. When we were his enemies, he loved us enough that he, he sent his son to pay that price because God's way is a perfect way. God's way is a one time he saves us out and he says you're mine, you're set apart, you're holy, but yet we choose to do it our way. So I want to encourage you, church, over these next few weeks as we look and and see what goes on through this Israelite nation, remember that you do have a choice. You can do it God's way. Or you can do it your way. But I promise you, not doing it God's way is going to leave you with shame. It's going to leave you with regret. Just like Elvis had said in that song, I I did it my way, I took the blows. He remembers his life. Why he didn't write that song, I believe that song was very... um, Speaking to him and you could tell by how he sung it that there was some feeling there because he knew the right way. Church as believers we know the right way and it's the way of the cross and I'm here today to, to tell you and to promise to you that if you will seek God with all of your heart he will speak to you and he will guide you, then it's up to us to do it God's way. May you bow your heads. Father, I thank you for your, your love for us, Lord. Father, I thank you that you have a plan. And Lord God, your plan is the right way. Father, I pray that you would help us to seek you in this plan. That Father, that you may speak to us that we will understand the direction to go. And Father, you will give us strength through Holy Spirit to walk in your way. Father God, I just pray everything in the precious, most holy name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. Would you please stand for just a moment? I want you just to bow your heads and think to yourself for a little bit this morning. First of all, are you on the right way? You know, the only way to do it God's way is to be his child. He provided the answer, we must receive that. If you're here today and you've never received him, I want to talk to you before you leave. But you know, even as believers, there's times that we go at it our own way, not God's way. We don't consult him. What do I mean by that? How often do we run into difficulty and the first thing we do is call someone to help us. Maybe we're in a, a need. Something's going on in our life and we seek these worldly things. You know there are more books on the shelf uh, how to help yourself and then often when we've tried everything that's out there then we say oh let me pray to God. You know, that should be where we turn first. Do you turn to him first? Are you here today and you need to just tell God that, Lord, I've gotten on my own path, but your mercies are new every day. Great is thy faithfulness. God, I want to get back on the right path. Would you forgive me and put me on the right path, and I guarantee you he'll pick you up, dust you off. He'll set you back on the right path. Where are you at this morning? Father God, we just open these altars before you now, Lord. Father, they just represent obedience and tuning to you, Lord. Would you call people, Father, to respond to you today? Father God, I just pray everything in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen.